Hey everybody, welcome back to The Collective. We have another fantastic show for you planned out today. Very excited to have Mike rejoining us and Corey rejoining us. It's been a while, Corey. Good to see you, buddy. Um, now, while I am excited to have all these guests, y'all should be excited too. Make sure you like the show, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell, do all of that good stuff to get your emails in the morning whenever we go live, which is, of course, every day. If you have any thoughts, questions, comments, anything at all, by all means, put them up in the comment section. We can engage those directly, kind of like this one from Vanessa. Heck yes, woke up in time for the collective without an alarm. Well done, Vanessa. She says, good morning, everybody. Good to see you. Um, today, we're going to be talking about personal development and... I'm looking forward to getting into this conversation, but before we go too deep into it, let's get some intros one more time. Corey, it's been a while. Why don't you give us a quick 10 to 15 second, who are you, where you come from, all that good stuff, and then we'll pass it around. Yeah, good morning, everyone. So my name is Corey Hatt. I'm the founder of Mad Hatter Industries. It's an apparel company that uh, has a passion for mental health initiatives in our spaces in motorcycles and machine guns, and also happen to work full-time in power generation is where I happen to be right now. As a support services supervisor, I started out as an armed tactical officer and went through the uh, ranks and up and over from nuclear to RG. And also uh, recently uh, operations officer for 33MP platoon, now platoon commander, and uh, also Eastern manager and founder of the Highway Heathens Stunt Show, which is the biggest stunt show in Canada. So I have a few hats as well as being a father and Amateur martial artists, always learning. That's not me. busy, not busy at all. Just a couple of things on the go. I like it. Mike, you want to give us a quick little rundown? And just make sure you're unmuted. You're still muted, Mike. You gotta unmute yourself. Sorry about that. A former military guy was a Marine reconnaissance recce guy in the Marine Corps, and then an SF guy, and then a Tier One guy in the our our uh, special operations uh, forces in the army. And then I have my own business, been doing that for quite a while now, training uh, military and law enforcement. Uh, and that's about it. And uh, Corey, what do you do with all your off time? <laughs> well, when I have off time, I try and uh, spend the time with the kids and family right now. I got three young ones, six, four in a year. So whatever time I can spend with them, which is, well, they've learned martial arts now. So we get some time twice a week to do that. But uh, as much time as I can spend at home right now. Smashing uh, that jujitsu, it's great. Yeah, just getting injured. I was just being, I was just being facetious, man. It's like you've got <laughs> have a lot going on, bro. Holy cow, good job. Good on you, though. Family yeah. time. Corey, Corey is awesome, dude. I'm looking forward to this because personal development is one of the key tenants. So let's get into the conversation. The personal development has a lot of, I guess, connotations, but I'm going to give a quick little definition and then we'll talk to each of you guys and figure out how we do this better. So personal development is the continuous process of improving yourself in various aspects of life, including, but not limited to career relationships, health, spirituality, and creativity. It involves taking intentional and strategic actions to overcome limitations, develop new skills and achieve personal and professional goals that align with your values and passions. The goal of personal development is to reach your full potential, to live a more fulfilling and meaningful life, and to make a positive impact on the world. Personal development is a lifelong journey that requires a commitment to learning, growth, and self-discovery, and can lead to greater happiness, success, and fulfillment in all areas of life. And I, I really like that definition, and I think it's quite, it com- encompasses quite a bit, but let's go around, get our first thoughts. Mike, do you want to give us your first thoughts on personal development? Yeah, I, I, I would simplify it and say it's the, the desire not only to be good, but to or to, to strive to be exceptional at everything you do. That, that personal development is, is something, it's a, it's a choice that you make. I decide to be, to excel at whatever my endeavor is. And that becomes a, a it becomes a, a self-replicating mindset or mentality. But the, the, like all the, the rest of it, I mean, it's, it's, um, personal development is, is exactly that, but it only comes with the desire to excel at everything you do, whether it's, you know, freaking mountain biking or it's jujitsu or it's shooting or it's mountain climbing, whatever that personal development side is, the, is that that's the spark that, that, you know, sets fire to all your, 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 um, your energies. <clears throat> I like it. 
I like it a lot. Corey, what are your first thoughts on personal development? Yeah, I think it's necessary. And uh, that was pretty much hit the nail on the head for me. It's always seeking feedback, growing, setting goals, achieving those goals and reevaluating uh, continuous improvement. So always looking to finesse and improve. It's about economy of efficiency, but essentially having that growth mindset. I like it. Sean, are you still with us? You want to jump in here and get a first thought? I am. I'm just about to hop out of a taxi from the bus station to our hotel here in Singapore. So if you don't mind, as I get out, I'll continue to talk. For me, it's pretty simple, just as the fella said, the relentless pursuit of excellence over the entirety of your life. Bam. Just like that. I like it. So I guess the the first question I really have, this is uh, the first thought into this that I want to dive into is how like tools uh, how do we how do we consistently seek that without a burning out or without um, going I don't know too far perhaps Mike I'm gonna start with you what do you think um, you have to have have to have an obsession for what you want no matter what it is you have to be obsessed with that performance that proficiency what you have to be guarded about is is that obsession becoming excessive to the point where you you actually burn yourself out. There's got to think about it like doing um, anything physical. Think about it working out. Think about it doing jujitsu. All of a sudden, you want to get back on the mat. So you could do double sessions, you know, five days during the week because you're you're obsessed. I want to get back on the mat. And now by by day five, now you're all beat up and tweaked your elbow, or tweaked your elbow for you. Okay? So like that that obsession became unhealthy because there was there was it was unsustainable so you have to be obsessed with the performance but you also have to understand and brother sean said it you know uh in his cast that i reposted it's a long-term thing it's not like okay i'm obsessed with it for a week and then oh it didn't work out i, I gotta go in. no the obsession has to be sustainable for months and years that's a, i mean i look at my military career it was an obsession to be all the way at the top of the heap in the best unit i that, that i knew of that doesn't happen in a year that doesn't happen in a decade. It, it's an it's in a whole process, a career. You know, for me at the 13 year mark, I finally got my my toes in the pool at the fancy club. So it's like people understand that, that you have to be obsessed with it, but you have to be able to sustain that obsession. And so there's there's a there's a balance that I think um, some people miss. Yeah, absolutely, Corey. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I basically highlight exactly what Mike had said about balance. I call it the gas pedal effect. You got to know when to push the gas when you're ready to push past injuries or when you need it. Hey, basically take your foot off. Like, for example, this morning, the whole double jujitsu analogy is great. I had a morning class, decided to spend time with the daughter instead because I rolled in at like midnight from uh, training last night. And then I have training tonight as well. And I have training tomorrow. And tomorrow night, so I made the decision to just take a step back, reintegrate back into taking and spending time with the family. And then it's a give and take, right? Because I know the next three days are going to be busy. Spend the time where I can, but also the injuries you're working through. Like we had our, our club going through a competition last weekend, and I got a really hard neck crank to where I couldn't move at all from one of the younger guys getting ready to go on competition, just getting after it and kind of restricted the rest of my week because I couldn't move left or right, had to get an adjustment and still rolling back into that. And then also coming off X from the weekend, you know, sub 20 temperatures, just still thawing out. I had to reevaluate how to adjust and change course for the week and just hit those goals. But the balance thing is really important because a lot of people may think and see that I do all things all at the same time. Like, Look at what Corey's doing. He's always doing all these things. And the reality is you're more strategic now. You have to be less tactical sometimes and strategic about your approach and pick and choose your lanes and avenues of where you're forcing your fire in the most maximum concentration. Then pick up the pace when you can. And there's a need to, to start going through those movements in the morning class and then pulling hard at night to really tie it in on the mats and see how it works. So... I think you have to be realistic with your expectations and goals. And I had a, a hard time doing that, just trying to think I could do everything 
and just push through it. And then what suffers is time with the family, loss of sleep, which kind of it permeates into everything. So you got to really be careful that you're not taking on more than you can do and also be realistic with those goals. Like for me, it was survival at first, starting back out on the mats after, you know, almost a multi-year hiatus. So trying to compete with these like 230 pound linebackers that are just full of testosterone and 20 years, my uh, junior. (laughs) So those are fun days on the mats, aren't they? (laughs) Yeah. And getting back towards competition, getting ready to build. It's been frustrating for me because every time there's a competition that a club's ready to go out to, I have a show and the priority is building the business and growing with the new team and new members that we have. And that's the focus and probably the next focus for the next couple of years, that mindset of where I can insert and put myself in a competition is always at the forefront to be ready to roll when that opportunity presents itself. So. Absolutely. Sean, thoughts on this? Well, I think that uh, Corey raises a great point. You know, you've got to get balance, but then uh, sometimes balance can be an excuse. Sometimes it can be an out rather than an in. And I know that that isn't the case with Corey because Corey has context. And so what do I mean by context? He's been in the game long enough and he's done enough things. He's juggled enough balls. He's gone hard, too hard sometimes perhaps, where he knows how to dial it back a little bit now. So there's a wild difference between what Corey's talking about and someone who's on the couch and is thinking that, man, I just don't want to go that hard. And so I'm just going to find some balance. Man, you've got to go really hard. You've got to go insanely hard to figure out what your left and right of arcs are and then really back somewhere, not into the middle, but just dial it back a little bit from your hair on fire. If you really want to see your personal development in a faster process. And that's probably the key. Like, how, how long do you want to take to evolve? How long do you want to take to be awesome? How long do you want to take to see your full potential? Well, it's not going to do itself overnight, of course, but you've only got one life and you've got to pick up the pace so you can start seeing the awesomeness that you can be. So you got to go hard in order to figure out how to dial it back. I, I really like where this is going. It kind of right in line with what my thoughts were initially was, first off, uh, one of the things that Mikey said earlier um, <clears throat> talking about finding your lane or finding the thing that you're obsessed about or find like where you can sustain that, uh, the desire over the months, over the years, over the, of that, uh, in order to continue to continually develop yourself. How did, how do you do that? What are, what are some of the ways to like, I guess, test whether or not these things are your, your lane, that your obsession, the things that you really want to do? How do you find that? How do you figure that out? Uh, Corey, I'm going to start with you. What do you think? Uh, for me, it's focusing on what provides the biggest uh, effect or result for what I'm trying to achieve personally. Getting back on the mats kind of rolls into everything. It helps me structure the business and how I'm personally set out. It, it sets you up the day before because uh, if you're not prepared for the morning of to start going in hard, then uh, – you're not going to be ready. You're going to set yourself up for failure. So it's that prep. It's doing things that kind of encompass each other. Everything I do right now is essentially a subset that builds towards a set of complementary skills that's moving things forward. And uh, also, uh, really, it's about playing the long game. If you're going to be doing this and the plan is to continue to build the business and grow it to a point to where the team and the momentum carries through for the next 20 years, how and what do you do to have that long game approach? And with all the injuries you sustain over a career of martial arts, how do you continue going when uh, you have a separated shoulder, or in my case, a few sprained fingers and hands and uh, just keep doing it. But uh, for me, it's understanding that mindset of playing the long game, but being very critical about time and where it's spent. And, and that's for me, I have to just pick and choose. Like there's things that I have on a list of, priorities and another list of things that I'd like to have, like getting that personal free fall course done where I can pick and choose and do these things, get in a competition. It's binning them, but having them on the forefront and what's required to do to get there. So picking those opportunities and building in advance, but also building it into what you're doing. So yeah, for me, it's all about routine and 
spending that time wisely and effectively. Like during the workday, there's only so many hours. For me, I happen to have like a morning part of where I'm focused on the business and personal routine. Then there's the full workday. Then there's the after work workday. So there's a few things that there's different times where you have to like pick and choose to take pauses and then push hard as well. Like Sean had mentioned, tonight's class is going to be a go hard class because if you miss the one, you double down on the next. But also remind yourself that you got the next morning and evening to do as well. So it's continuing that momentum. Absolutely. Mike, thoughts on this? So the question was, how do you find that? How do yes. you find that passion? Yeah. It, it For me, it's just in me. I, I like to go fast. I yeah. like to do things. I like, I mean, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I wrestled off high school and did, did well. So like the ground game, the doing, doing BJJ and stuff just came naturally to me. Um, I shot guns all my life. I love to shoot. I shoot competitively. So it's like, these are things that, that just, they appeal to me. I have more, a more competitive more combative nature and i was a kid i was the youngest of five my family joked that i was one that accelerated into collisions like i just i'm, I'm the go hard kind of guy but there's something that earns in you you it, it's you'll look at something and go wow i want to do that i know a guy that that when i when i was in sf special forces never never climbed anything but a large flight of stairs one day um his team went up to rainier and they climbed mount rainier and he's like i want to be a climber and it just, it burned in him. He just, he had never done it before. He did it. He was like, oh, this appeals to me. So it's, there's a, there's a, a part, the part that you sustain is on you. And the way you sustain it is it is a passion. It is something that you truly want to do. I shot last night. I was, I went to the range and shot. I turned my truck around, turned the headlights on. I was shooting in the dark with my headlights as light. Why? Because I love to do it. And I'm not going to give up a training session because I got started a little late. I'm going to get after it with the lights on. I'm going to throw my truck on, you know, put the high beams on and do it because it's got to get done because I want it to get done. It burns in me to do it. And I think that's the part, find something that burns in your soul and then and then blow, you know, freaking blow on it. Get that ember to freaking glow. Sorry. Um, get that ember to glow and, and you'll, you the passion will be self-sustaining and it will become a habit. Everything you'll do, you'll be like, I'm going to do it 100% or I'm going to find something else to, to do that I'll do 100%. Okay? So I, I, I think it's, there's an, there's an external piece where you, where you, you are exposed to something that lights your fire and then the internal pieces you keep that fire going absolutely sean thoughts on this yes i do and so i think uh i'm i'm with both guys there and i think one of the critical elements uh, unless i missed it is if you don't know what mike was just talking about finding that passion maybe maybe it's inside you but you just don't know how to find it yet but i'll tell you one way that you sure as heck can find it is you get you you get in a bunch of freaks start hanging out with some freaks and by freaks i mean guys who like their hair's on fire man like they want to go so hard that you've never seen anything like it in your life you can't even imagine that there's people out there like that as soon as you start lining up with some fellas who are warp factor three it, it's encouraging. It might bring you up to warp factor one, but warp factor one is enough. And then you can start playing with what's inside of you. So if you think you've got something in you, maybe you do, maybe you do, but you'll definitely identify something inside of you. Once you line up with guys who want to go warp factor three, because you want to, you want to keep up to them and you won't be able to for sure, but you'll want to. And that want to part is what's usually missing in the find out what's inside of you and now want to do it. The want to do it part is is usually the thing that people trip their shoelaces up on. And so if you aren't finding it right now, go line up with some guys who go hard and fast and have no quit in them. And uh, superhuman almost uh, results. Um, and, and you'll find that pretty quickly, you'll be looking around and wanting a piece of the action yourself. I like that. Um, I just got a quick comment here. Tanya jumped in here and said, figuring out if said activity aligns with your values and life goals and reassessing regularly is key. It's a relationship slash marriage, desire, passion. Uh, desire and passion waxes and wanes, but you put in the work regardless. And I really like this, but I want to talk about this reassessing portion of this. How, how often do you guys reassess on these goals, on these uh, things that you 
you love. Is there a point or has there been anything where you've been really, um, been really into done for a long time and then it just kind of faded off or you decided that, uh, now is not the time anymore or something else took its place. Is there anything like that that has uh, happened? Mike, I'm going to start with you. What do you think? I've, I've routinely reassessed, but I reassess upward. I go, am I doing it as hard as I could be doing it? Am I getting as good as I want to be? Do, is there something I need to do different? Do I need to expose myself to those, to those other people, to those, you know, those, those freaks that perform at levels that you don't understand or just push themselves? Maybe you have the skills that they have, but they push themselves in a way that you look at and go, wow, I, I wasn't giving it all the gas I had. So that, that I reevaluate it, but I reevaluate it overwhelmingly upward. Like I need to do more. I think I can do more. I should do more. Um, as opposed to, wow, I need to, I need to hit, I'm, I'm not a hit the brakes kind of guy because I found that that, that lends itself to what Sean was saying. You sit on the couch and you're like, ah, I don't know, maybe, you know, maybe I don't want to go that hard. It, it is, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy in either direction. You can either go really hard and it will, it will perpetuate itself or you can hit, you can tap the brakes and the next thing you know, you're standing on the brakes. And that's, uh, that, that's, that's why I, when I reevaluate, I always reevaluate in the direction of more. The trajectory is up, not flat or down. I like that, Corey. Thoughts on this? Yeah, I love what Mike said. And uh, I think the mindset I have is go hard to stay hard, not break. You don't do it uh, without thought or purpose or intention in mind, because that's where injury comes a factor where you can only go so long on four or three hours sleep. And the whole reassessing thing I constantly am doing with the military, looking at our outcomes with the business, are we providing value? to the community? Are we giving back to the right charities? Are the designs impacting? And uh, back to the military, it's terms of what I continually reevaluate annually and probably more than that is what value do I get and what am I providing in terms of how can I develop and mentor and work and move forward past the issues we're struggling right now with budgets and constraints. Otherwise, with the military and other changes culturally, how do you keep motivating and improving. And that same question that I have for the military and what I'm trying to do is the same question for the business. How do we help in the community? And they are like-minded. The things I learn and do are kind of a concentrated effect on both sides. And then that whole go hard thing is a tough challenge. The older you get, it's just one of those things you got to keep pushing because that whole break point is really a fine line. And then we always have more in the gas tank that we can give. It's just finding that right balance of when to push and pull. I like that a lot. Sean, thoughts? Yeah, I'm a guy who's, I'm just relentless. I, I just want more. I want bigger, better, faster, stronger. I want to experience more. My curiosity is never satisfied. If I think that I'm doing it well, I want to do it extra well. That's the way I am. And that's what I was created to be. I'm not sure I was that when I was 17. I'm not sure. I'm, I don't know when I turned into it, but it was when I joined the army. At some point in the army, I realized that, man, I like the taste of more. And so um, I can't help myself. Well, I can help myself, but I don't want to help myself. I just love going harder. Like Mike, I only see up. I never see flat. I never see down. Flat seems to me as mediocrity down is backsliding. That's it. That's all. So I'm relentless in my pursuit of more, more, more. It doesn't matter what I'm doing, whether I'm drinking water, riding a bike, throwing a dart, designing a Frisbee. I've never designed a Frisbee, but if someone wants to challenge me right now on this panel, who can design the best Frisbee in the world within the next 24 hours, freaking bring it, boys. I'm going to bring the heat because I love competition and I love to smash on whatever is put in front of me. So if I've got a challenge, I'm all about it. And if it's never been accomplished before, I'm all about it. Doesn't mean that I'm gonna ever solve the problem. It doesn't mean that I'm gonna cure all kinds of things. It's I'm never gonna create the perfect Frisbee, but in my head, I'm gonna make my best effort. And if I give 24 hours effort into it, by the end of the 23rd hour and 59th minute, I'm already thinking, I wonder if I can squeeze an extra 90 seconds out of this minute because I want to cram more into the timeline that is given to me to create more excellence. And when the clock ticks over to the 24 hour mark and someone says, 
How about we give you another day? I won't stop. I'll keep going into that next day because that is the way I was taught to do things. Now, to Corey's point, you got to find balance. But here's the trick for me anyway. This is what I've discovered for God. Maybe this isn't for anyone else. Maybe this is for a handful. Maybe this is for a thousand. Who knows? But my balance isn't the same as other people's balance. I don't need to put my feet up and, and relax too much. What makes me happiest is when I'm going hard, when I'm going faster, when I'm getting bigger, better, stronger. That is how I've learned about myself, that that's what makes me happy. And the key to life is find what makes you happy. And some people don't know what makes them happy because they've never gone hard enough to know if they like going hard. And so my recommendation to anyone who's listening to this is if you think you've gone hard, you haven't. You can always go harder. Go harder. Go so hard that you vomit. And then keep going and vomit again. And on that second vomit, now you've got some context as to how hard you can go. Then you can maybe dial it back if you don't like going hard. But maybe you'll like it. Then maybe you can go for a third vomit. That's the way I am. I know what I like. I know what I do. And that's what I do. And so uh, you'll never know what pleases you. You'll never know what you can accomplish. You know, you'll never be able to spell hard if you haven't had a couple of vomits. Uh, that's, a, that's a great picture to have in mind, in your mind at first thing in the morning is Sean vomiting multiple times. Um, Mike, you got any additional thoughts on this at all? Yeah, it's something that uh, I think we all probably feel the same way. It's the way I, I articulate it to people is like we talk about performance about you know waiting around and not going hard i kind of look at it life as this it's this it's this game on a limited clock okay and if you're treading water if you're just doing enough treading water if you've ever been a water guy i was a diver for my whole career and all, treading water is waiting around to drown you're just delaying the drowning throw me in the water i'm gonna look out and go i can see a little speck of land in the distance and i'm gonna swim there and in my mind i'm gonna swim there i don't care if it's 200 freaking miles i'm going to get there but i'm gonna immediately start taking a positive action in my life. I'm not treading water waiting for somebody to save me. I'm not treading water waiting for someone to drive me to greatness. I'm just going to go, I've decided I'm going to go do great stuff and it's going to cost me something. It's going to cost me a lot of effort and a lot of pain and you know a, a lot of challenges and all the rest. And I look forward to it. I look forward to it because on the other side of that is something magical that I don't even know about yet, but I know it's there. I know at the end of the rainbow, there's a pot of gold. Getting there is going to be hard. That's the way it goes. And so like the, the whole idea that 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 you you do you do enough or you do about or you do average. I, I don't want average. Average is what everybody else does. It's like good enough. Oh, it's good enough. Good enough means it's not good, but you'll live with it. You'll live with mediocrity. And I'm I'm not I'm not that guy. I, I want I don't care who I'm competing against or what I'm doing. I step to the line with you and you're the world champion in my, my mind. I'm gonna beat you. I'm gonna beat you. I don't know how I'm gonna do it, but I'm my mind is going, I'm gonna beat this guy. And if you beat me, hey, so be it. But I'm coming back for you. I'll see you again. But I don't like. I don't step the line. And go wow. I hope I don't lose too bad. No, no, that's not how it works. So you leaning forward on everything, even if even if you think it's unrealistic, you'd be surprised when you do stuff. You're like, wow, I didn't know I had that in me, because you have to believe it. And that's the whole the perpetuating, you know, doing your best every day, and the and the the, the self actualization of you as a human. You underestimate your performance all the time. I, I've been able to do things that that. People said I wouldn't be able to do. Doctors said I wouldn't be able to do after I got blown up. Oh, you'll never do this. You'll never do that. You know. And I just decided, hey, guess what? I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it because I decided to do it. And that's the thing that this to be a better person, to live a better life, you have to drive yourself to the limits of your capability. Okay. And that's that's why I think people they they, they don't they want to play it safe. I, I'm I'm not that guy. I'm going to take that corner so fast that eventually I'm going to stick a car in the wall. Then I know how fast I can take the corner. No. That's a great way to put it, Corey. You got any additional thoughts on this? Yeah, I uh, I love the uh, discussion on the challenge, the competition um, regarding abilities and intelligence. I think that it can be developed specifically through dedication and hard work. How do you pursue and persevere past those goals that you set? That's where it comes in, that dedication and hard work, pushing past limits. And also the analogy that Mike put on the old swimmer analogy and the time, the time constraint that you have when you're just treading water versus swimming to your goals, hitting those goals. I think to get to your goals, you have to make it happen. It's up to you. 
your responsibility to make it happen and action it just like you're responsible for your own happiness. In fact, we believe so much in the importance of taking that step and finding that passion that it's part of our mission motto, the find your passion, live your adventure. It's up to you to find out what it is that you love doing to pursue relentlessly with an excellence and sense of uh, unending thirst for that passion. That's, that's what really we feel, we feel was part of finding your happiness because you surround yourself with that community. And the best advice I can give is if you don't know what your passion is to find and start with something that you love doing and finding a way to be involved with that. And for me, that happened to be in the motorcycle scene and lo and behold, it's uh, developed into another business, but um, it's, it doesn't have to be like that for everyone. It's just finding out how it works for you and how you can make it work with the goals and specific ideals you have in mind. Not everyone has to compete, but the important part is to keep pushing past and moving that stick forward. And as Sean had stated, there's a lot more in that gas tank. And uh, if you haven't pushed to the point where you've puked on selection or whatever, after a hard workout, then you aren't probably working hard enough. And it's been a while since I've pushed to the point of puking, but Fueling six, one of those uh, barometers where you know you're at just about the right level of where you should be pushing. Same for business. For those people out there looking for success, but expecting the results without the process, you have to fall in love first with the process and have such a love for the relentless suit of pursuit of perfection that that is where basically your therapy is. As I tell people, I love getting out to events and speaking to people because my action is my therapy. I love just being involved and getting out there and after it. So for me, the reward is the process involved and the results are really just secondary from perfecting and refining that process and working with like-minded individuals and building each other up. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, I, I, one of the big things I've found through this process of going through the collective is that uh, I'm really a facilitator. I love I love passing information between things, and this has been one of those things that I, I seek now, how to do it better, how to do it more effectively, how to communicate better, how to engage people better, things like that. And it is a, it is quite the pursuit. Now, I have a couple comments here I just want to touch on, and then we carry on on this. Uh, John jumped in here, and he said, you must be honest with yourself. You have to be able to seriously evaluate and sit with any failures. Check ego, no excuses. Own them and understand them feel the sting, and then grow from it. And this is a great point, and I'm, I, let's talk about it, actually, while we have it up here. The checking of the ego, the no excuses, owning your mistakes and understanding them. Let's uh, pass it around again. Mike, you got any thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I hear people talk that, the the check your ego thing and all that. And I, I understand it. I mean, it, 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 you should. Um, but it's become like a... I don't know how to say it. It's almost like a, a like a buzz phrase kind of thing. That should be the default position. Your ego, there's a level of ego that is healthy that you should have, that you need to have, that 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 is important to excelling. There's a there's an ego in sports when you get on the mat with somebody. There's an ego in, in combat. You have to you have to go, I'm going to dominate this adversary. I am better. There's but it, it can't be an unhealthy one. And excuses, I mean, I had a, I had a coach in in, uh, in university when I played lacrosse. Excuses only satisfy those who make them. Nobody's interested in why you couldn't. Everybody wants to know how you did it. Like, if you couldn't, could you get that done? No, I couldn't, but I this happened. Like, everybody's like, yeah, that's great. Just tell me how you did it. And so, like, the ego part of it, I, the excuses part of it, and the ego part of it tie together. If you have an unhealthy ego, you'll make excuses. If you have an healthy ego, they go, what happened? I, I blew it. Okay, next time I'll do better. Um, and then you learn from it. That's the learning progression requires a healthy ego in order to be humble enough to admit the mistakes that you made and then move on. To me, it used to be as a, as a young stud, the, the mistakes stung. They don't sting anymore. They're part of the process. Like you don't get the, the road to success is paved with failures. Some of them painful. And like, if you don't understand that each, each, each failure will become progressively more painful instead of less, instead of being like, ah, blew that one. All right. Next time I'm not going to do that. And you move on. It's done. It's instantly, you know, delete it. I don't need that anymore. I got the information I needed and I moved on. So I think when it's a great point and I think those things are important, but they should become a natural mindset, a natural mentality as you strive for excellence. That's how I see it. 
I really like that. Corey, thoughts on this? Yeah, I would go right back to what Mike had said, a natural pursuit of excellence and regarding excuses. Nobody cares about your excuses. It's results that matter and how you get there. So that really is what speaks volumes. It's those actions and not the intent, but uh, honesty and checking of ego is important. Um, being realistic with what you can achieve and understanding what's required to get there and taking those steps. So growing a million dollar business, if that's your goal, understand the process that's involved and also be realistic for us. That's not our goal. Our goal is to be impactful, pursue the excellence of the craft of design and pursuing, expressing uh, a way to motivate and inspire people and help them through what it is that we do. And then, Secondary would be those results, hopefully, that come out afterwards. But uh, for me, that's not the the point of it. It's not a, a fiduciary or financial thing. It's the full-time job helps pay the bills. This is what chases the passion and understanding how to get over the fear of jumping out of that aircraft, that perfectly good aircraft, and understanding the process that takes in the mind and the results you get from that going through what seems like an unusual circumstance for your body and mind to go past that mental hurdle and understand that connection on when you do hard things and push yourself past things your mind's telling you not to do. The result is the effect. Also the community you're a part of that you're taking that step with is what the results you get from. So that's, it's a 10 times effect when you think about it in terms of versus thinking and understanding the process versus actually doing it and putting and committing to continuing with that. Just like martial arts, like business, everything you do in life, there's always room for improvement and ways to do it better and go higher and jump farther. You know, it's the same mindset with the community. If you want to go far, you go together, but you build up and you're always working on yourself as well. Yeah, absolutely. Sean, thoughts on this? Yeah, I think the, um, as has already been said, and, and I've said it a lot myself, I'm not interested in excuses. I'm just interested in results. I'm interested in outcomes. I, I, it doesn't matter to me what you went through to uh, get to the point that you're at. Uh, I only care about now and what you're going to do in the future because everyone's got a story. Everyone's got trials and tribulations. And, uh, you know, for me to get to this spot right now, this very moment as I'm speaking, I don't even want to line up all of the freaking things that went wrong on our way to Singapore from uh, Malaysia earlier today. It was it was redonkulous. I shouldn't be here right now, but we freaking pushed hard to get here so that I could do this. And uh, but nobody cares. No one cares what I had to go through. They only care that I'm putting out results right now. And I'm going to use that as my uh, my example. There was a couple, a young couple from uh, from uh, the Netherlands and or Denmark, one of the two. I always get the two confused. They're young MBAs. They're heading on a 20 country trip right now. They're going to be out for nearly a year traveling the world before they uh, get themselves some jobs. But they wanted to go live some life before they had to go to the drudgery. Of, uh, of a typical job. And so, um, you know, I started talking to them and said, hey, you're going to Brazil, you're going to uh, South Africa. Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Your freaking brand new bags are total targets. You're, the way that you're standing, all of the things reek of you're about to be robbed. This is what you need to do, bam, 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 bam. And they kind of looked at me and uh, it's not that they were confused or, or shocked or anything like that, but it was it was a different mindset than they had considered. And they're, they're really good kids. I really like them right from the get-go. In fact, I gave them my Instagram account and said, listen, if you bump into any problems out there, hit me up, I might know a guy or two that might be able to help you. And so um, I had the luxury of having made a boatload of mistakes when I was young and got some scars and got to the point where I'm 60 years old right now and I'm wiser for it. They're just starting out on their journey they're about to make a whole boatload of mistakes. But my job on that bus ride was to tell them, hey, you know what you need to start thinking about is this and that. And just as we're doing over here right now, uh, Mike and I aren't too far apart in age, 
Corey, you're a bit younger, chances you are. But if I've got 20 years on Corey and chance, that's 20 years of scars. That's 20 years of getting dirty and dusty and screwing up. And then it's my job to be able to say, it just doesn't work like that, boys. Or it does work like that, boys. Or maybe think about it this way, boys. That is what we're supposed to do as we get older. At 60, I realize the clock is ticking more quickly than it is for Corey and Chance. And so they both have the right attitude. They both understand that with the time that we've got on this planet, we're supposed to, we're supposed to have a full experience. And that is what we're talking about as the overarching topic, how to personally develop ourselves, how to get to a point where you can become evolved or self-actualized before you die. Because truly living a good life is getting to a point where you're self-actualized, where you are evolved to a state where life is fully enjoyable in anything you do. If I pick up a water bottle, I'm curious, I'm fascinated. I want to know where it came from. I want to know how fast I can drink it. I want to know how slow I can drink it. I want to know how long I can go without water. All of these things that I have explored over the years are what I consider to be the real riches of life. But you don't think that way when you're young. You don't do those things when you're young. But as you make a whole pile of mistakes, you start to learn that the world is your oyster. But it takes a long, long, long time to figure that out. Try to figure it out sooner rather than later. And the best way to figure it out sooner is to start smashing hard. Start making all of the mistakes. Screw up and get dirty. And at the end of it, you'll have, you'll have led such a rich life in context as to playing it safe on the couch, the non-impactful life story that is left behind. Yeah, the, uh, I'm reminded of the, the old line, um, you know, when you see the way, you can see the way in all things. Or when you see the way broadly, you see the way in all things. And I think that uh, it's similar is that if you, and tell me if I'm off base on this, is that if you live life to its fullest in the in the beginning when or when you're young and you have that kind of drive and you have that uh, that that exuberance of youth, let's say, you can make all those mistakes, but then you can you can see that exuberance in all the different things that you're doing. Is that about kind of online or am I off base? What do you think, Sean? I, I just want to say this that at sixty. I'm living a more full life than I did when I was 30. I was doing wild things when I was 30, but I'm living a more full life now because I learned how to do that when I was younger. The richer your life, the richer it gets. It compounds upon itself. When I'm 70, I can't even begin to imagine what my life is going to feel like. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. Mike, you got any uh, additional thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the living life thing, I, I just want to put a, I agree with Sean 100%. I'm the same. I'm literally two years younger than him. That's all. And it's like, we've lived in a lot of ways, very parallel lives. And it was like, I, I lived a wild life when I was younger and I was the youngest of five. And my brother was a energy futures broker and he went a completely different route. And what I want to throw in is like, don't do it. Don't do things for money per se. Do them because they fire up your soul. Do, do the experiences. And the reason I say this, because a lot of people out there, they want to have this, they want to have the million dollar house. They want to, that's all exciting. Um, but a, a, a little, a little bit of wisdom um, from, from a dude with a lot of scars and a lot of hard miles. When you're, you're like, when you're busted up and laying in a puddle of your own blood, you're not thinking about money. You're not. Okay. Or when you're on top of that mountain, you know, you're looking out, you're not thinking about money. You're going, wow, I earned this view. Just a little simple one, you guys that have probably gone up to the top of like Holling or something like that. I just had a day hike when I was up in Calgary. I figured I'd, you know, swoop up to the top of Holling and look around. It's about four hours or so. Get to the top of it. And it's like I could get on Google and look at at look at the, the view from the top of Holling. But instead I walked to the top of it in the dead and you know what? I earned the view and it meant something more. I got to see it from there. All those experiences, okay. They, 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 they build a character within you that desires more experience. They wants to see things firsthand. It wants to experience and learn and know. And the, the, the longer you do that, the more you want to do that. And the more you realize what Sean said, 
time goes faster. The, you know, the more sand that goes through the hourglass, the faster the sand goes through the hourglass. And so now for me, I do more and I try to experience more and I live a richer life because I understand how important that is and I know how to do it. I know how to enjoy all the little things. And I also don't take it too seriously. Things go wrong, mistakes are made, people fall down, things get broken. It is, okay? You don't dwell on it, you just go, okay, back up and throw some glue on it, put a Band-Aid on it, let's keep going. But the, 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 the thing that I had let go of, and it was, it's part of our culture, you know, our, our, our Western culture is the whole money piece. And that somehow buys you something. And, and, and experience buys you satisfaction doing things. You know, my brother's an energy futures broker. Yeah, I would send him, I sent him a postcard from New Guinea having tea with a bunch of tribesmen. I called him on a satellite phone from Iraq, you know, eating Chinese food at a restaurant run by Iraqis while gunships were doing gun runs across the river. Like I did stuff that he, he couldn't even, he couldn't even understand, but he made a ton of money that I didn't make. I, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Go the experiences, live life. Okay. There's a quote I pulled up from, from an old gunnery sergeant I had when I was a recce guy. Eventually it's everyone's turn. Make your days count for something. It all comes for us. The clock comes for us. We lose to the clock and we have to try and cram every bit of living in we can and grab every second you can and cram some life into it. Otherwise you're just, you're dumping it down the drain. Yeah, absolutely. Corey, any thoughts on this? I see you taking notes. <laughs> Yeah, I'm always taking notes and learning, and that's what's so great about the opportunities provided with these discussions. And couldn't agree more. And uh, really, just humbled to be with uh, such a group of amazing individuals. But uh, that whole concept on the discussion of life—how you only need to do it once if you live it to the fullest—I fully agree. And uh, looking online at something versus doing and getting after it. People can have an understanding of things, but until you actually do it and that whole process, it's a night and day difference. It's a direct benefit, different experience, right? If you're just thinking versus doing and that outcome that you get, I think uh, I love what Mike said, where eventually it's everyone's turn. It really ties into why Memento Mori is one of those really hard hitting designs that we keep going back to because that reflection and reminder every day that uh, the outcome for everyone is the same, where you don't get out of this game alive and you make the most of it. But if you do it right, you only have to do it once. And uh, it, it does make an important reminder to make every second count. So do what you love. And if it's making money, do it, but uh, know that you can't take it with you, right? So it's important to just make every second count and ensure that what you're doing does provide value to you and that you are finding that passion that you have and chasing that adventure because without it, I don't know, it just takes away the uh, taste of that perfect cup of coffee. It's a night and day difference between the instant that you get in the uh, MRE or IMP to that uh, Sean Taylor blend that's just roasted to perfection. So you got to seek that excellence, the relentless pursuit of excellence, whether it be whatever it is that you're into. It's funny you bring up the coffee thing because that, that is a it's an excellent allegory to this in the fact that which coffee would you prefer, right? The uh, the espresso that is perfectly set up and perfectly uh, processed and roasted and gone through the entire sequence, or do you want to go get Tim Hortons? Like, what would you prefer? Given the given the same <laughs> given the same cost, same experience, whatever. But uh, uh, I I would always go with the the more flavorful the more the more defined the more um the thing that you have to you have to earn it i just yeah i love this this is fantastic well uh, true well, so, when you get oh, done sure mike? So, so okay sorry <laughs> sorry my bad mike go ahead just uh, you and you, you you brothers up there will appreciate it we talked about the coffee analogy i think it's i think it, it it's spot on in one way i laugh at it because I was doing my, I was working with uh, two PPCLI years ago and I was doing my snow cave for 21 days and all that and, um, and melting snow for water and the whole smack stuff that you do. And I remember having a packet of instant coffee after like two weeks that I literally found in one of the back sleeves of my ruck. And I was like, it was the greatest cup of coffee ever in the history of the world at 40 below. I was like, it's just funny how you can, you can, you can change the flavor of something by your mindset you just go yeah that. it's a nescafe crap little packet of coffee whatever but guess what i got it now 
have some coffee. And I'm looking out, looking at my, you know, my, my, my breath on the, on the, you know, on the cold air and going, I got a cup of coffee. It's not so bad. Like you, you give life flavor with, with hardship and sacrifice. So there's two sides of that thing. I'm all about the, the good coffee. Don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan. But that said, you can make bad coffee good by the way you live your life. That is a fantastic point, Sean. Yeah, I, I think uh, you kind of stole the words right out of my mouth, uh, my mouth, Mike. And uh, and I was just thinking about how you're, you know, you're up on top of the mountain and uh, howling, and that's a fantastic view, by the way. And uh, you know what you can't buy? Uh, you no nobody can buy the smell up on top of that mountain. You can't you can't buy that fresh, cold, crisp, clear air along with the view, along with the silence of the moment. You just can't buy those things. The sensory moments can't be bought. They can only be experienced. And to your point, Chance, on the coffee, um, yeah, I do like myself a good cup of coffee. I do like roasting good coffee. And you know, the moment that I realized that I'd roasted a lot of world-class coffees, then I wanted to go visit the estates where the coffee's growing. And so there's always a next level that you can pursue. I'm communicating, uh, not on the regular, but in my Instagram DMs with a guy uh, down in uh, Colombia. He's a freaking awesome dude. And I've got plans to go visit him next year at his estate because I've roasted a boatload of his coffee, Frank Torres. Amazing dude, amazing coffee. And and I hope that I'm going to be shaking his hand next year on his estate, going for a tour and uh, hanging out and having uh, some chow with him and his family, just because there's always a next level you can pursue. You know, if I meet Frank and I do that thing, then what's the next level? Who knows? Maybe I'll I want to spend a month down there growing coffee. I don't know. It doesn't matter to me, but there's always another level that you can squeeze more life out of life. And by squeezing the life out of life, uh, which is what we're all doing, either intentionally or not, um, you learn to appreciate where you started, which was nowhere, and where you're going to end up, which is somewhere. And you get to decide where that somewhere is. So if you put the brakes on at Tim Hortz and think, man, this is the best coffee in the world. Well, that's about how far you went in your life, in your life story. But if you go all the way, right till you frazzle up, well, if your story is 37 steps deep, well, that's a pretty good story that you can be pleased with as you're on your deathbed, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Now, we... We're coming up on time here, but I want to get, I want to have the I have one more question that I want to uh, get your guys' thoughts on, and that is the priorities. Uh, Corey, you mentioned earlier about setting your priorities and making sure that these things are, you know, in line with what you want to do. Because if you try to do all the things all once, you're not going to do anything, right? You're just, you're going to be jumping from this to that, the other thing, and you'll never be able to really focus. So I'm wondering when you guys are setting your priorities, when you guys are creating your, for instance, Sean, you're like, I want to go visit the estates now. When you're setting that priority of, I've reached a certain point, okay, now I need to move on to the next one. What is the leap like? Are you shooting for the stars again? Or is it a progressive, okay, I'm going to, you know, I got to do some more research on where that thing is. And then I'm going to figure out what it's going to take to fly to Columbia. And then it's going to, do you set those priorities sequentially or is it just like i'm gonna shoot for the stars again let's go get it kind of deal Corey, let's start with you what do you think uh the leap like for me essentially at this point it uh it's like delegate navigation of a ship that goes out to basically navigate through the tempest the storm and at some point you're going to return to harbor you got to know when to push through the storm then when to let the sails down and just kind of coast into port or a different location. For me, uh, with the business in regards to where we're going, it's more of a changing course and letting the uh, sails down so it can gently go into port as we restage things. And uh, also touching basis with those people that matter that are building up that, that business. So for me, it's the wife, the kids, the mentors, the business partners to help get that leap. It, it looks like it's a completely different course sometimes. When you get to a goal, that leap for me is a completely different direction. 
in other avenues. It's a whole other ship. It's a bigger ship. It's different courses of avenues. So sometimes it's even like a, a hyper jump into like another galaxy. So it's both multi-duplicitous where you have one ship sailing on its set course and the day-to-day -day actions of things, but you bring in like, it's very complex in terms of how I think it's maybe more a little too creative, but uh, while that ship is going forward, you have starships coming out of the uh, galaxy that are just kind of coming alongside and you're bringing essentially other armaments with you. And that's part of that community that you have, but it helps you change directions when you have a ship going and then you jump on a spaceship and take off out to hyperspace and come back. It's because you're doing something completely different. Like maybe that Colombian experience that came out of nowhere or that opportunity to go and do some free fall jumps out in North Carolina or something completely out of left wing to go jump on a summit or climb a summit. Those are things that uh, it seems like you're going extreme, but it's something that came into the horizon that you just leap forward and then blip back onto your ship as it's going forward. And then when you do have those storms, you're ready to ride it out because you have those experience and those other tools that you've kind of grabbed from different ships and people and you've built up that main ship to keep going. But uh, if that analogy is too complex, essentially what I'm stating is that a leap and a jump back is both uh, something that happens instantaneously or it could be surprising to others. But for those that know you, doing like an about course in another direction can be completely what's needed sometimes. And it all continues on with the same mission in terms of the relentless pursuit of excellence and finding that passion and chasing that adventure. I like it. I like it a lot. Mike, thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not that structured. I just have, I have an azimuth, man, a general azimuth, you know, heading, you know, north by northwest. That's where I'm going towards something cool and awesome. And I'm just going to give it all I got. And, and what I found out in my life's journey is that the more I try to structure things, the more I force myself in the wrong direction because I have a plan. I'm going like I'm gonna I'm gonna rigidly execute the plan. I know that, you know, the the my soft brothers out there, you realize we have a plan. It's a start point. It never goes the way you think. Everything changes. It's just a framework. So we all start in the same spot and we all have a common understanding. I look at life that way. I have a general asthma. Like I said, north by northwest, heading towards you know cool greatness. And it's just going to weave around. I'm going to hit a ridge line. And do I run the ridge line or do I go cross compartment, go up and down, or do I hit a river, whatever? It's all, it's unknown to me, but I know that that direction is cool stuff and I'm going to give it my all. And, and from, from my work and business, the things I've done with my own business, opportunities present themselves that I never saw. And I found that if you work really hard at what you do, the doors will open that you didn't even know. You didn't even know there were doors there. And all of a sudden the door will just open. You're like, whoa, I didn't see that. And like, hey, come on in. We got something for you here if you're interested. And then that, it, it opens up a whole new path. You're still kind of weaving north by northwest. You're still running the ridge line or whatever. But you never, you can't predict what's out there. What you can do is accelerate and exaggerate your desire to be awesome, to do great stuff, to turn and burn. And stuff just shows up. People go, hey, man. Uh, I have a friend who knows you and he said, you might want to be, you know, might be interested in doing this. And all of a sudden I'm in Jordan. Like it just, it, it, I don't, it happens, but that's the, it's not as structured to me. I realized that if I work hard at what I do, people, people pay okay for pretty good. People pay excellent for excellent. Okay. The life rewards excellence with excellence. So like the people around me are great people. The people that I, you know, that, that I interact with right here are awesome people because that's what I demand of myself. And so I'm not going to be around, you know, I'm not going to be around an anchor, you know, I'm going to be around a grappling hook that's pulling me forward. So it's like, that's the thing It's like, I, I don't structure it as much in the long view. I have a general idea what I want. Okay. And like I said, that's, that's an azimuth going to excellence and I'll, I, I will, I will work through all the different things and there's always another door there. Overwhelmingly, it's a door that I never saw. And it's like, oh, wow, that's awesome. I want to do that now. That's my next gate. It just, it never ends. It never, it ends when I, when I go to sleep forever. That's it. But until then, I, there's another door to open. There's another, another stairway to go up. There's another ridge line to run. There's always stuff to do. Love it. Sean, thoughts on this? Yeah, that's where my head's at, man. I mean, like, I love doing cool stuff. I love letting her rip. And, uh, I don't care where it goes. I know that it's going to generally go forward. 
And after that, I don't care, man. Duck, dodge, weave all over the place it is unimportant to me. As long as I'm being cool while I'm doing cool stuff and I'm smashing, that's what pleases me. And that's what provides me a fascinating life. That's what keeps me in the game. Uh, I, I had no idea that I'd be jumping through flaming hoops to do a live chat in Singapore tonight. No idea two years ago. It's a ridiculous notion. If I was to jump in the hot tub time machine and go back two years, I would have laughed so hard that snot would have shot out of my nose. But I dig it, man. It's cool. It's a wild ride. And that's what I love is a good, wild, cool ride. And uh, it, it maybe I've just done it long enough that things organically unfold in front of me and just keep showing more doors to be opened and more cool stuff to do and more cool stuff to be around. I love hanging out with a collective because it is a collection of freaking cool people who love doing cool things and it pleases me. It somehow makes me feel like a little boy having a freaking bunch of cool friends in the tree fort of life. And uh, I think if anyone doesn't get what I just threw down there, then you've missed out on something. You've missed out on on the real joy of life. It, maybe it's because you're living a mundane life. I don't know. But if you don't feel like firing slingshots out of your tree fort with your buddies and uh, some other guys across the way and uh, lighten the neighborhood up, well, maybe you should give it a go because uh, life can be cool if you really start getting after it. The uh, one of the things that I noticed, uh, actually, only in the last, I would say, two months, was when I try to control the conversation, when I try to create a line, a lineage, even on the with the collective, I get, I get jumbled up. I get, I start to have difficulties. I start not being able to actually engage the conversation. I'll postulate things and I'll go into long diatribes and stuff. But when I let go. And I'm just, okay, let's have a good conversation. And I let that, uh, I let it process and I listen to people and I engage them directly. It's a much better conversation. It's just, and I think that is an allegory to life in that there's a lot that you have to strive for, but you can't rigidly grasp or hold on to the idea that you had it when you first started because no plan survives first contact. Now we are a little bit over an hour, so let's, uh, Let's get some final thoughts. Anything at all still bubbling in the back of your brains, Corey? Anything yeah, just going back to Mike's conversation about how uh, the simplicity of that general azimuth, I tie directly into that message where in terms of the mission and what we've always tried to do with Mad Hatter Industries is follow our moral compass and do what we believe is right. Ultimately, in our hearts, you plot that moral course, go in the right direction, and then... Uh, as you continue forward, that kind of doing the right thing all the time, then the answers are clear of what's required. And then uh, it really takes away a lot of doubt in terms of what's needed. And then I love the uh, whole niche, the analogy of like what happens in combat. It goes back to that whole no plan survives first contact with the enemy. And opportunities do present themselves that you never would see like the terms and places where I've gone. Uh, I've gotten a lot more out of life by saying yes to everything than saying no and taking those opportunities that came. And I would never have seen the opportunities that presented themselves or even thought about it when I was a young corporal back in my first tour in Afghanistan, just watching arcs and uh, knowing your worth is really important because Life does reward excellence with excellence. When you really surround yourself with like-minded individuals and raise each other up, that reward in itself is uh, unparamounted uh, to any value you could ever ascribe in terms of the results and effects that you get. So really surrounding yourself with the right people dictate the outcomes of how your life perceives itself and what you're going to get out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Mike, any final thoughts? Yeah. Uh, one thing, it's something that I, that I, an old platoon sergeant of mine again i had wisdom i was i had great platoon sergeants and ncos back to the whole smashing thing you got to live hard to be hard you can't just turn it on one day it's a lifestyle you just you lean into stuff you lean into it because all of a sudden when you when you need that you can't make it up it's a whole lifestyle of that 
and then the, the surrounding yourselves with, with good people, that is the that is the key. I just got a text two of my bros that I was in special operations with for years. We all live within a two mile circle. When I get done with you homies, I'm going to go have coffee with them because that's how we recharge. That's how we push each other. We, you know, we bang into each other and go, Hey, what are you doing, man? What's going on? What are you like? What, what's, what's firing you up? We, we, we feed each other. We get in our tree fort and we, we shoot slingshots at people. Like it's just, it's you surround yourself with great people, surround yourself with people that, that fire you up and push you and it will make your life better. Okay. Don't, and then just last thing, and I'll get off the net. Don't take the safe route. Don't take the safe route. Take the safe route for your family. Take care of them. That's one thing. But you lean into it. Lean in. Go, hey, man, what the hell? I'll give it a try. That should be your default position. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, let's go. And then the, the richness of life, which is, it will, it will just pour all over you. It'll pour all over you like a, you know, like a rainstorm. Absolutely. Sean, final thoughts? Yeah, I'm thinking the two uh, young MBAs uh, from uh, the Netherlands or, or Holland or wherever they were from and and uh, they said, well, what are you guys going to do uh, when you get to Singapore? And my wife said, oh, he's got to do a podcast. I said, oh, you do a podcast? And I, and I said, yeah. And they said, well, what's it about? And I said, ah, you know, it's a it's a bunch of folks. And I kind of tried to explain it. And they said, uh, well, is, are you busy with it? And I said, well, I do it, I, I do it every day. And uh, it's a live chat, by the way. And they said, well, how many have you done this year? And I said, well, I've done over 700 podcasts this year. And they both looked at each other and I said, yeah, I know it's a handful. And they said, is that like, is that kind of, is that smart or something like that? And I said, it is for me because I know what I like. I like to push a pace. I like to let it rip. Uh, I, I might not be like a lot of people out there. I was created to think this way and to act that way and to kick ass that way. And so uh, you got to do things for a while to start realizing that you've got a lot more in you. And once you start realizing that, once you start kicking that ass, well, life becomes a whole lot more fun. And so for the two young MBAs that may listen to this later, who knows? Uh, kudos to you for bouncing around and seeing 20 countries, but get in the freaking game, you nerds. Start smashing a little harder. I love it. Now, I, I don't have much to add. I just i am going to finish off something very simple, which is learn what you like. Build upon that and get after it. So you can do that with us here on The Collective every day. We'll see you all tomorrow. Chimo. Chimo.